What's going on, everybody? My name's Matt, and you're listening to The Lens Pod. If this is your first time listening, we're a medical student-run podcast discussing all things ophthalmology. Today's episode is going to summarize our weekly newsletter where we discuss recent research in the field. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and be sure to stick around until the end for more information about where to find us. Today is August 2nd, 2023. In this week's issue, an extended 14-year-old randomized control trial demonstrated that laser peripheral iridotomy can aid in preventing progression to primary angle closure glaucoma. Despite some improvement in the newer versions of artificial intelligence chatbots, their ability to generate scientific abstracts remains severely limited. Results from a retrospective cohort study reveal effects of intentionally halting anti-VEGF injections in patients with advanced neovascular age-related macular degeneration, and CD63 and 81 plus small extracellular vesicles are enriched in aqueous humor in eyes with retinoblastoma before treatment and in those with more significant tumor burden, suggesting that they are tumor-derived. The first article for this week comes from Ophthalmology. 14-year outcome of angle closure prevention with laser iridotomy. Can laser peripheral iridotomy reveal a bright side for patients with primary angle closure glaucoma? Primary angle closure glaucoma is a condition characterized by the gradual blockage of drainage channels within the eye, leading to increased intraocular pressure, damage to the optic nerve, and subsequent vision loss or blindness if left untreated. Previous studies have supported the effectiveness of prophylactic laser peripheral iridotomy in reducing the risk of primary angle closure glaucoma progression over a six-year period. This study explores an extended follow-up period of 14 years to investigate long-term effects and risk factors associated with primary angle closure glaucoma progression. This study was an extension of a six-year, single-center randomized control trial conducted in Guangzhou, China. Each eligible participant underwent laser peripheral iridotomy in one eye randomly, while the other eye served as the control. 889 participants with bilateral primary angle closure suspicion in China demonstrated that laser peripheral iridotomy reduced the risk of primary angle closure glaucoma occurrence by 69.9% in the treated eyes compared to the control eyes. Risk factors associated with increased primary angle closure glaucoma occurrence included higher baseline intraocular pressure, narrower total angle width, and shallower limbal anterior chamber depth. This study supports the use of laser peripheral iridotomy as a preventative treatment for high-risk patients and demonstrates a need for more accurate predictors of primary angle closure glaucoma to guide targeted interventions in the future. Our next article comes from JAMA Ophthalmology. Accuracy of artificial intelligence chatbots in generating scientific abstracts. Is artificial intelligence going to take over? In recent years, there has been a boom in artificial intelligence and language learning models. In order to assess quality, ChatGPT 3.5 and ChatGPT 4 were tested against each other to generate scientific abstracts with 10 references each to answer research questions in seven ophthalmology subspecialties. Results were independently graded by two authors using AI discern criteria. When comparing the old and updated versions of ChatGPT, discern scores were 35.9 and 38.1 out of 50, respectively. The mean inaccuracy rate for generating 10 references was 31% and 29% for the older and newer chatbot, respectively. Overall, both AI chatbots were determined to develop poor quality abstracts with inaccurate sources within their reference lists. 
While there is a role for AI to be incorporated into ophthalmology, this study underscores many of its continued limitations. This week's next article is from the American Journal of Ophthalmology. To inject or not to inject, effects of deliberately pausing anti-VEGF and age-related macular degeneration. Ever wondered if you could take a breather from anti-VEGF injections in advanced neovascular age-related macular degeneration? A recent study suggests it might be possible. Treating advanced neovascular age-related macular degeneration has always been challenging, with frequent anti-VEGF injections becoming a draining routine for patients and physicians alike. This retrospective cohort study aimed to examine the impacts of intentionally halting these injections in patients with severe visual impairment. The study evaluated 93 patients who had an average of 16 anti-VEGF injections and their treatment was intentionally stopped. The research followed their visual acuity and optical coherence tomography characteristics for up to 24 months post-suspension. Surprisingly, there was no significant change in mean central fovea thickness, greatest lesion diameter, greatest lesion thickness, or visual acuity 24 months post-treatment suspension. However, a small subset 7.5% of patients had to restart their treatment after a mean of 977 days. Halting anti-VEGF therapy in advanced neovascular age-related macular degeneration patients with a visual acuity of less than or equal to 2400 could be feasible where additional treatment is unlikely to provide benefit. However, consistent monitoring remains crucial as some patients may need to reinitiate therapy. It could potentially provide a less taxing treatment path for these patients. Our final article for this week comes from Investigative Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences. Small extracellular vesicles may be a new biomarker for retinoblastoma. Retinoblastoma is the most common cause of intraocular cancer in children and is diagnosed with patient history, physical exam, and imaging since tumor biopsy is contraindicated. While circulating tumor DNA can be detected in liquid biopsies derived from the aqueous humor to confirm a retinoblastoma diagnosis or monitor treatment, it is limited by reliance on the presence of somatic copy number alterations and its decreasing levels with treatment. This study aimed to determine if small extracellular vesicles detected in the aqueous humor of patients with retinoblastoma could serve as a more reliant biomarker. To accomplish this, they analyzed aqueous humor samples from 16 patients, 8 male and 8 female, diagnosed with retinoblastoma. The predominant subtype of small extracellular vesicles in retinoblastoma samples were positive for the surface membrane markers CD63 and CD81 compared to control samples, which were shown to be predominantly CD63+. Samples taken at diagnosis or from patients with more severe tumor burden or treatment-resistant tumors had significantly higher levels of these CD63 and CD81 small extracellular vesicles compared to samples for treated eyes or those undergoing treatment, suggesting this subpopulation of small extracellular vesicles is tumor-derived. Future work will need to be done in order to confirm the suspected specificity of these CD63 and CD81 biomarkers with retinoblastoma. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more about The Lens, you can follow us on Twitter at TheLens underscore O-P-H, and be sure to visit our website at www.lensophthalmology.com 
to subscribe to our weekly newsletters and view the full summary of this week's newsletter. See you next time.